It's Friday, January 4th, 2019. This is Sentinel Radio broadcasting from the Barefoot is Legal studios. I'm Sam Knight. Uh, Today I announced an exploratory committee for President of the United States. I never thought I would run for anything ever in my life, but America's middle class is getting hollowed out. That was Senator Elizabeth Warren talking about her New Year's Eve announcement to launch her 2020 presidential campaign. As Warren noted, her rise was indeed improbable. She first gained the public eye as a Harvard Law bankruptcy expert after the 2008 financial collapse. President Obama wanted to name Warren head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which she helped create. But Senate Republicans blocked her nomination, so then she unseated one of them, Scott Brown from Massachusetts. Warren has since used her platform to need a Wall Street and its hacks on Capitol Hill. Did you have your eyes stitched closed? It was. I think every bank director in this country knows that they are bulletproof. And that poses a danger to the rest of us every single day. So let me say this to anyone who is listening at City. I agree with you. Dodd-Frank isn't perfect. It should have broken you into pieces. That city there, of course, referring to Citibank, one of the biggest banks in the country. Many on the left believe, however, that Warren's economic message is lacking, and they certainly have reason to. Despite her criticism of the financial system, wealth inequality, and poverty wages, Warren has described herself as, quote, a capitalist to my bones. You don't think capitalists are bad people? I'm a capitalist. Come on. I believe in markets. What I don't believe in is theft. Bad news about the history of capitalism there, Senator Warren. Slavery, imperialism, enclosure. Our current economic paradigm is built 100% on centuries of theft. One might even say this thievery has helped self-interest elites accumulate capital systematically and that this has influenced the latest iteration of capitalism that Warren decries. Meanwhile, Warren's main contender has been pretty consistent about his distaste for capitalism, a system that is increasingly unpopular, especially among younger left-leaning voters. Here's Bernie Sanders responding to an autograph ambush in 2011 from a right-wing media dweeb. I was hoping if you can make out your book to uh, capitalism, the greatest economic system on earth. No, I won't. No, I won't. Now, although Bernie Sanders describes himself as a democratic socialist, there isn't that much daylight between he and Elizabeth Warren, at least in terms of the economic ideas they propose. Both support Medicare for all, postal banking, and ending the sham known as right to work, state laws that bleed labor unions of their funding. Both also back card check for union certification instead of secret ballot elections that are routinely manipulated by scheming union-busting managers. In some ways, Sanders is to the left of Warren. He backs the creation of a government infrastructure bank. In some ways, Warren is to the left of Sanders. She wants to establish a publicly owned pharmaceutical company. But ultimately, they appear to agree on most economic issues, regardless of how they personally identify, whether as capitalists or socialists. Where Sanders' socialist background appears to show is not in terms of economic policy, but foreign policy. They both gave speeches on the issue recently, But Sanders spoke more in internationalist language, calling on people around the world to unite to tackle global issues like climate change, inequality, and the growing threat of right-wing authoritarianism. And he called for the U.S. to drastically reduce its military budget in order to pursue these goals. We need a movement that unites people 
all over the world who don't just seek a return to a romanticized past, a past that did not work for so many, but who strive for something very different and much better. While Warren spoke about many of the same problems as Sanders, her approach was more technocratic and differential to the idea of American exceptionalism. She called for, quote, new rules for global capitalism and claimed that America really started to go wrong on the world stage in the 1980s. Now, there's a story that we as Americans tell ourselves about how we built an international order, one based on democracy, on human rights, and on improving economic standards for everyone. It wasn't perfect. We weren't perfect. But our foreign policy benefited a lot of people around the world. That we weren't perfect aside is doing a whole lot of work there. Tell that disnified narrative to Vietnam, Chile, Indonesia, Haiti, the Congo, and all other places ravaged by the U.S. military and its clients long before Ronald Reagan took office. To be clear, Sanders himself has backed U.S. military intervention. He's far from perfect in that regard, to use Warren's terminology. But while both have called on the U.S. to reduce military spending, Sanders has a better recent voting record than Warren in this regard. Sanders rejected the military appropriations bill in December 2015. Warren voted yes. And Sanders voted against the most recent military budget, granting President Trump a $717 billion base Pentagon budget, an $82 billion increase on the previous year. Warren voted yes. Sanders has also been at the forefront of efforts to end U.S. support for Saudi Arabia's brutal war in Yemen. Additionally, Sanders' voting record shows more of a willingness to confront the Democratic Party head-on. He voted no on President Obama's Treasury Secretary, Jack Lew, a guy who went from the Clinton administration to Citibank before returning to the public sector in a move that got him a bonus from Citi, specifically for getting a top-level government job. Do I believe that Jack Lew, as Secretary of Treasury, is going to begin to address the issues of income inequality and wealth inequality in this country? Not for a second do I believe that he will do that. Warren, meanwhile, voted yes on Jack Lew's nomination. In other words, Sanders has shown himself to be more capable than Warren of identifying and resisting corporate forces among those he caucuses with. Sanders also seems more skeptical than Warren of U.S. militarism and American exceptionalism. And while both essentially endorse a vision of regulated capitalism, Sanders appears to have the movement background that is needed to fight for even basic vestiges of social democracy. All this makes Bernie the better candidate in 2020 from a left-wing perspective. Sanders' understanding of rank-and-file politics also makes him more likely to succeed in the primary if he runs, which, let's be honest, he definitely will. He has a solid base of determined organizers after his quixotic challenge in 2016, which was always about advancing left-wing causes rather than actually winning. Bernie might also be boosted by the fact that many Americans interchangeably use socialism and social democracy, a term mostly used to describe economic systems like those in Canada, Western Europe, and the Nordic countries. Even if he and Warren do agree on most issues, Sanders looks to be the stronger candidate in many ways. And this is without even addressing the Elizabeth Warren Native American DNA test controversy, which as a subject matter would best be left for another day. That's it for Sentinel Radio. Thanks to our sponsors at the Congressional Dish podcast. 
in the Street Fighters Facebook group who named us the Barefoot is Legal studio for the month. We'll be back next week. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. 